go into the Word. We're going to go straight into reading the Scripture today. And I want you to open up your Scriptures. Um, I need something. I need something. This will do. Oh, yep, that would be great. Excellent. Thank you. Let's open up your Scriptures. Put this first slide up. We're going to go straight to Matthew. That bit will do. Hold on. Oh, I might just preach this. Okay, let's go straight to Matthew 3. We're going to uh, be looking at a topic over the next few weeks, and it's not really a, a, to- a theme, it's really a discussion I want us to have about what it really looks like when heaven touches earth. What would it really look like if we get a touch of heaven right here and now? Because you see, heaven isn't futuristic. Heaven is now. Heaven isn't something you go to when you die. Heaven starts now. And it's God's presence. And we want to have a look at that over the next few weeks. So I want you to turn to Matthew 3. And we're going to read this together um, from the top. Are you ready? Here we go. In those days, John the Baptist came to the, to the, um, the Judean wilderness and began preaching his message. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Everybody say, the kingdom of heaven is near. Because that's my subject today, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. He goes on to say, the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. I always think of Christine Ferguson when I read that. Don't know why. <laughs> you like that musical. Where is she? Yeah. Godspell. That's the one. You want to? No, no, we won't do it right now. We could do it together as an item. I could help you. You weren't so excited about that. Um, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Haven't seen that in a restaurant recently. People from Jerusalem and from all over Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptised them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptised, he denounced them. This would be a good message, eh? You broad of snakes, he exclaimed. I love that. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe. For we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water. Those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming. 
soon. Who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat and he's his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing floors, gather the wheat into his barn, but burn the chaff with never-ending fire. I remember many years ago, I was visiting, um, many years ago now, I was single, so it was many years ago, many years ago, I was single and uh, me and my mate decided that we were going to, we weren't going to push bike across the Nullarbor, we actually drove a car. So we drove across the Nullarbor in our, it was actually a Ford Falcon, and we, no, yeah, it was a Ford Falcon, we drove across and we got to the Three Sisters, you know where they are, New South Wales somewhere, right, is that right? Blue Mountains, two, yeah, that's the one. So we were there, right? And we were walking around there and there was these steep pathways down. And I remember that as we walked down, being two young fellas that were quite keen and ready to show how brave we were, we um, were walking down and we heard the cry of a damsel in distress. And so we thought, here's our opportunity. We're going to do something here. So we walked down as this girl. She was sort of hanging on to these rocks with her fingers down the side, screaming out for help. And there's people at the top sort of like, you're too far down. And, and so we decided that we would help. So we walked down the passageway, walked down the passageway, and then we came along and I looked up and I tapped her on the shoulder and said, can I help you? And she looked at me as if to say, what are you doing? And then she realised that she was only a metre up off the ground. I was, it, was, it was amazing. But I, um, she didn't really say much thanks to me. She sort of like went off in a bit of a huff. I think she may have been a little bit embarrassed that she was caught there and she shouldn't have been walking down there anyway. But the thing is that sometimes we can be just like that. We can be people who have tried to take a shortcut in life and we're hanging on with our fingernails and we're struggling and we're crying out and we're saying, help, will someone help me? And then God's standing behind us, tapping us on the shoulder saying, you know what? I'm right here. I can get you off this ledge quite easily. It's not as bad as you think. Sometimes I think we miss that the person and the presence of God is actually there. And I think that was the message that we're hearing from John the Baptist, who is saying the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, you need to understand what he's saying there. Interesting that Matthew is the only one that mentions the kingdom of heaven, heaven 33 times in his writings, whereas the others would call it the kingdom of God. And the idea of the kingdom of heaven was that it's about God's reign. You see, when we think of kingdoms, we quite often think of places. But in those times of scripture, it wasn't about places, it was about reign. It was about action. It was about what authority was over a certain situation or a certain group of people. 
And so when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about his reign, where he reigns, where his influence is. You see, all through the Bible, this kingdom theme is coming all the way through, right in Genesis. You may remember back in Genesis when it starts off, where God gives man dominion, that's kingdom language. And we see through there, all the way through, the, we go right through the, the Old Testament and we hear all about the different kings. You may remember when Samuel said to God, the people are crying out for a king. And God says to him, tell them what happens when you get a king. It's about reign. It's about authority. It's about coming under someone else's authority. And then we come to, to Jesus and we hear now the introduction of the kingdom. It's about his presence, it's about his authority, it's about coming under his kingship. And Jesus keeps talking about it all the way through too, where he keeps saying the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like that. See, the kingdom of God culture, you can't hang on to those possessions. It's like, you know, it's hard for a man who's holding on to his riches to come into the kingdom of God. He says that the kingdom of God is opposite to other kingdoms. In fact, you are blessed when you're going through tough stuff in my kingdom. See, my kingdom is different. The kingdom of God is different. And then you go all the way through to Revelation and you see the kingdom picture again. The kingdom and the reign and who's got authority. So when we talk about a touch of heaven or heaven's touch... What we're really talking about is when God's authority, God's kingdom, God's realm of influence actually touches my realm of influence. And so here we have this message coming through. We've been talking over the last few months before we came to a global vision focus, we were talking about intimacy with God and coming into the presence of God. And it's one thing to be in his presence. Because remember we talked about, do you want the promise or the presence? It's one thing to be in his presence. It's a different thing to come under his kingship. Did you hear that? It's one thing to be in his presence. But it's another thing to give over to his kingship. To give over to his kingdom. To let him have that authority. In a book that I've uh, read many years ago, I just got it out again to, to look at some things, and Tommy Tenney writes this story about when he was in Texas once. He was preaching at his church on a Sunday morning. And he was supposed to be preaching Sunday night, but he just felt God say before the morning service, I need you to go to this church, which was in a different state. I need you to go there and preach there tonight. Now, Tommy hadn't been invited it was a large church. That makes it even harder to just turn up. But he just felt God saying, I need you to be there to preach Sunday night. So he said to the pastor of the church in Texas, he said, look, I'm really sorry, but, but God's put on this, my heart. I have to go to this church. The pastor was very gracious. He said, not a problem. I'll, I'll sort it out. We'll, I'll preach and we'll sort it out. You just go. God's telling you, you go because he's coming under authority of the king. And so he, he, he organises a plane trip, he jumps on this plane, he goes to this uh, particular state, he gets in a, a rent-a-car, he gets out to the church. The church service is supposed to start at 6 o'clock. He thinks, I better get there early so I can tell the pastor I'm there. So he gets there at 5 o'clock. The car park is full. There's cars everywhere. He thinks, oh my goodness, they must have started early. 
He goes to the door and the lady says, I'm sorry, you can't come in. The place is, you know, is locked. everyone's inside. He said, well, what's going on? She said, the pastor was so, so moved by God that he wanted to see God's move in his presence and the kingdom come into his church service. God was just really putting on his heart a desperation. So he called the church to come and pray at four o'clock in the afternoon and we're going to close the doors. No one's coming in. We're just going to pray and we're going to cry out and we're going to seek the person and the presence but also the authority of God. And it was, and no one's allowed in. So he said, well, no problems. I'll just sit in the foyer. I'll just hang around in the foyer and I'll just wait for you know, a time when the service starts. So he sits in the foyer. Somebody sees him in the foyer and says, oh, you're a preacher, aren't you? And he said, yeah, I am. He said, look, I know that the pastor's up the front, but I'm sure he won't mind you coming in. So I opened the door and he sat at the back. He said, it was crazy. He said, people, the presence of God was so real. And you could see not just the desperation, but you could feel the heart cry of people. He hung there until about 6 o'clock and the service started. They opened up the doors and they had a worship time and the presence of God was just, people were just being touched all over the place. The pastor gets up to speak and as he gets up to introduce, they had an international high-profile pastor there as their guest preacher there that night. And the pastor gets up to introduce him and he looks out into the congregations and sees Tommy Tenney there. And he said... And he started to cry and he said, God put on my heart that Tommy Tenney would be here tonight to preach. He said, Tommy, you have to come up the front and preach. So as he walks up the front, he passes the pastor who was the, the real one and he shakes his hand and is expecting to say, hello, how are you? It's nice to see you. But it wasn't. It was like just this sense of this face of like, this is just amazing. And he said... Uh, all he said was, look, I don't know what I'm going to do. And the pastor said, I don't care. Tommy Tenney gets up and he starts to preach. He preached for 10 minutes. And the, purse, the power of God just touched people's lives in a powerful way. Why? This is what Tommy says. He said there was obedience in the house. See, the kingdom of God is here. But for the kingdom of God to be real, you have to come under the king's authority. We need to be submissive to the king's authority. And that's what John was saying. That's why he was saying, come and repent. Repent, in other words, the word there actually means to change your thinking, your mind, to, to turn around and to think differently. Stop thinking as you did in the past. Think this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here. I want to suggest to you today, I just really feel that God is saying to us, the kingdom of God is near. But let's make it here. When we come under his authority. When we say, you can do God whatever you want. You see, I want to give you a couple of things. See, first of all, the message came out of the silence. The message came out of the silence. God has not spoken to the people of Israel for 400 years. Right? That's a long time. Anyone 400 years old? No. So probably your grand, great, great, great grandparents. Maybe. So 400 years of no God speaking. Nothing. Quiet. 
silence. And yet, the people of Israel kept all the rituals. They went to church, called the synagogue, regularly. In fact, every day to pray. They knew the Bible better than you and I. They would study that Torah right back when they were eight. They would memorize it. They went, and went through the prophets at the age of 11 or 12 and they memorized them. They knew this scripture really, really well. They knew the rituals really, really well. They made sure that they did the cleansing really, really properly, but they still didn't know or hear the voice of God. One day, 400 years later, a guy called Zechariah comes along. It's his job. His wife and him are both part of the priestly line. It's his job to uh, go into the Holy of Holies, to hear the voice of God. That's what they did. And for 400 years, they would go in, do the ritual, and come out and hear nothing. Till one day, Zechariah turns up. He sits in there, and God speaks. Zechariah, good news is the bad news. You're old. Bad news. Good news. Your wife's going to have a baby. Bad news. You're old. Zechariah said, what? He said, this is why you're going to have this child, because this is going to usher in something new, Zechariah. And Zechariah went, but how could this happen? And God said, it will. And just to prove that it's me, you're not going to talk again. Silence comes once again. Silence comes once again. Zechariah's got the message, but silence holds the message back. Church, I think... We have in the church the message of the kingdom of God. We don't have a message of religion. We don't have a message of condemnation. We don't, yet that's what the world thinks our message is. And we come to church and we, we write our Bibles and we do our rituals and yet we're carrying, we're carrying the greatest message of all. The kingdom of God is here. There is people in our communities that don't need to hear what's right and wrong. They need to know that the kingdom of God is here. And we've got the message. And we've got to break the silence. Because in the silence, there's a message that we need to speak out. Because there's lives like little Lizzie that God wants to touch and bring the kingdom of God into her life. There's lives of those that we saw through Alpha who discovered the kingdom of God. We have a message and we need to break the silence. But here's another thing. The message didn't just come out of the silence. The message was spoken in the wilderness. It was spoken in the wilderness. Now we hear that, that John, he got dressed up in pretty cool clothes, Right? Camel's hair jacket. It would have been really itchy. It wouldn't have been nice. He had a nice leather belt on and he ate locusts and he had honey to wash it down. But he lived in the wilderness. Now, if you were people of those days, you would have understood the wilderness not just being a tough place, but it was a spiritually tough place. Remember Jesus, when he was baptized, where did he go? To the wilderness. Who did he meet there? The devil. You see, the wilderness is spiritually tough, it's physically tough, it's a tough place. It's not easy street, it's tough street. And that's 
where the message was spoken. It's in Tuff Street. And there's people in our communities who are going through tough roads at the moment. And we need to speak the message out. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago now, thank you to the church here, I was allowed to go away for a week and spend time alone with God. And uh, it was that, th- that week, for the first three days, especially the first two, were the hardest days, not the hardest days of my life, but some of the hardest days of my life. I've never felt so, it was a real heaviness on me. And yet this word kept coming through to me. It's in this place I speak. It's in this place I speak. And it was a heavy time. That means I, was, I was anxious about the silliest little things. I was, I was worried about stuff. I'm thinking, I need to see a doctor. This is not good. Steve Hall doesn't do this. And I was, I was there and it was, it was like I was worried. I was anxious. I wasn't getting it. I, I just wanted to disappear. It was a really dark, dark time. Ask your wife, my wife, I think she was getting a little bit worried. It was a dark time. And I kept pushing through and pushing through because I knew that it was in this dark time, in the tough stuff, in the wildernesses, is where God speaks. Marg and I had got together and we started to put together our thoughts about how what we would respond to with the church, which I shared with you before. And as I wrote this stuff down, I'm still feeling really anxious. And I said, God, if this is of you, then you've got to give me the ability to do this because you see, it's in the wildernesses that God speaks. And as we were going through that, I was, uh, got to Thursday and I was preparing my message. I shared with you a little while ago. I was preparing the message for Sunday. Um, I'd actually had lost it, so I had to go through my research notes. And I was going through them, and I saw this, uh, that quote of Jimmy, Jim Sabella that said, said, when we listen to ourselves, we have unbelief, but when we listen to God, we have, we have faith. And I went, who am I listening to? I went, God, I've got to listen to you. So I went down the beach. I sat on the beach. I got my little deck chair there. I put it into the dirt. I'm sitting there with my hat on, and I've got my earplugs in, and I can see the rain coming, and I'm going to go, come on, rain. You can get me because I'm going to sit here, whether it rains or not, and I'm going to worship. It rained for 10, minutes, 10 seconds, and I took off. But I was sitting there in my seat, and I was listening to this music. It was my favorite I'm no longer a slave of fear. And so I got my earplugs in, my eyes are closed. I'm sitting there in the dirt, in the sand there, and I'm shouting out, I'm no longer a slave to fear. And I open my eyes, and there's a lady walking her dog. <laughs> it wasn't looking good. Hi, how you doing? I'm, just, I'm all good. It's okay, I'm fine. But it was like God lifted me up and said, the kingdom of God is here. He can come, come join me. It's fine. Um, and as I was walking the street that night, it was like God was saying, I can go, I'm your strength, Steve, not you. You see, the kingdom of God's authority is different to ours. I said, God, I need a confirmation that the decision I made is right. Because there's still Steve Hall here. So I left it on the Friday morning. This is no joke. Friday morning, I get a phone call. From my brother Keith. Now, my brother Keith, he's a Jeff's brother too. 
He's a, he's a, he's a, Baptist, a retired Baptist pastor. And I, it, we get on okay with nothing bad, but I just don't see him much. It's a big family. You know, we see each other at Christmas. And if we don't turn up at Christmas, we don't see each other. So we don't see each other very much. And so Keith uh, very rarely rings me. And he rings me Friday morning. And he says, Steve, what are you doing? I said, oh, just walking the beach and just praying and just reflecting. And he goes, oh, because I had a dream about you last night. I said, you had a dream about me? He said, yeah, I don't get dreams very often. But I said, it's okay, you're getting old. Old people have dreams and young people have visions. So he said, yeah, I've got this dream. And this is my dream, Steve. I was sitting in Katamunda Church of Christ. I, well, that's a nightmare for you. But I, it's a joke. He actually likes it here. He came here and loves it. But he was sitting down the front here with me and Maggie. And he said, I was sitting at the front and I recognized some faces. I saw Jeff there and I saw Beres there and I saw people, some people I knew. And we were sitting down the front. And he said, and all of a sudden, after the worship, I got up on the stage. And he said, it was your, it was your reinduction into Kalamata Church of Christ. And I went, thank you, God. You see, God speaks out of the wilderness. God speaks out of the wilderness. God confirms your decision out of the wildernesses. I want to tell you today that God wants to move his kingdom into our lives. He doesn't just want us to be outside of the kingdom believing. He wants us to step into his kingdom and see what happens. You see, he speaks out of the silence. Sorry, he breaks the silence. He speaks out of our wildernesses. But then he brings change of life. He changes lives. Paul, walking along the road. Paul, who was the, he was the guy that going around killing everybody. He's the guy that's killing Christians. And what does he end up being? A martyr for Christ. Why? Because the kingdom of God came into his life. He changed kingship and he let him be king. And I want to say that when we touch heaven is when we step into his kingship. And God does amazing things. Interesting, if you go to Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 is where we actually hear the prophecy of John the Baptist. And it actually is a message, and if you have a look at it, it actually is titled, The Message of Comfort. And so what happens here is that Isaiah is speaking out exactly what's going to happen. And he says, you know, it's going to be one coming in the wilderness who's going to be, make the road straight. Get rid of the stuff. Because the king is coming. When a king comes into town, you move everything out so the king can come in. And sometimes in our lives, we need to get rid of some noises. We need to get rid of some stuff that's in the way. We need to let go of some of those things we've been hanging on to so that a king can come in. But then you go to the end of Isaiah 40. And this might be a message for you. But you go to the end in Isaiah 40. Let me look it up. And it says this. Because I sense that today, there's some people here are going, I need that. Isaiah 40. Have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. 
He never grows weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. When he becomes king and we wait upon him, he brings what you need right now. I'm going to come into a time of communion now because I really want us to come to a place where we're saying, I want the kingdom of heaven. Yes, there's one thing to be in his presence, but there's another thing to actually step into his kingdom, to allow him to be king. Because when we do that, heaven breaks loose over our lives. Heaven comes down. That old song, heaven came down and glory shone around. Heaven came to earth. His name was Jesus Christ. He carried the kingdom of heaven and he brought it to earth. And he broke the silence. And he spoke through the difficult times. And he proved that he was king and lord over demons. He cast them out. He proved that he was king and lord and creator over the, over the oceans and over nature by calming the storms. He proved that he was king and lord over sickness by healing the sick and giving sight back to the blind. He proved that he was king and lord over, over people's sin because he set them free and he let a lady have full forgiveness who should have been stoned. That's the king. That's the kingdom of God. And as we take communion right now, as the helpers bring the bread forward and the cup forward, I want you to take the bread and I want to take the cup. And here's the invitation today. This is what I want, to, want us to, do, to focus on. I'm not necessarily teach on it, but focus on it and see what God does when we actually start to say, God, I want the kingdom of heaven in my life. Hold the bread and the cup because what you hold before you is a reminder of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. King of kings, Lord of lords, the great I am, who came to earth and taught us to say a prayer that said, Our, our Father who art in heaven, lie kingdom come, followed by thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And it wants us to do more than just come to church and believe. He wants us to step into His kingdom. Because when His presence comes, when His kingdom reigns in our circumstance, God starts to put things back as they were supposed to be. That was his promise. That's what we talked about with new creation. That we would be made a new creation. It comes when the king comes in. The king comes in.
Father, we want to hold this bread now in this cup. As we come before you, we recognize that, yes, what you did on the cross was our forgiveness of sin. But as we found out last week, there's more to it than that too. Because when we step into your kingdom, relationship with you and us is made right. Relationship with us and ourselves is made right. Relationship with us and others is made right. Relationship with us and creation is made right. Because you are king. That's your kingdom. I'm going to ask, Father, that as we've chosen to come into your presence, we might also choose to step into your kingdom. And say you can be king. Heaven, come down. There's people in this place right now who need a touch of the kingdom of heaven in your life. Decisions you've got to make. People that you've got to restore relationship with. Sickness that you've got needs to come under the authority of the king. Heaven, come and touch. Because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. His name is Jesus who brought the kingdom. So I come before you, Jesus. And I want to make a pledge right now that you will be my king. And I will step into Because of the cross, because of everything that the cross has done, I can step into your kingship. Let's eat and drink together. We're going to do something now. But uh, as we sing this song, I just want you to just be still for a moment. As you just wait before we go into anything else, just be still for a moment. And let's let the Holy Spirit just minister to you before we do anything else. Let's not click the cups. Let's just hold it for a moment. now and we're going to uh, have the team are going to lead us into that song that we sang first up and as we do I want to give you another opportunity if you want to say Lord yeah you know what I stepped out of your kingship yeah I still believe but I actually stepped out and walked into my own kingdom again and I've been living in my own stuff I want to step back. I want to repent, change my thinking, and come back to a place of saying, I want you my king. I want you as my king. I want to come a touch of the kingdom of heaven again in my life. 
I'm going to invite you to come up. But also want you, and you can tell us as we come and pray with you and for you. But if God is, maybe right now you've got a circumstance and you've been trying to work it out. It might be a sickness. It could be a work issue. It could be a family issue. It could just be your own destination and your destiny that you're struggling with right now. And maybe you might want to come this morning physically and actually hand that over into the kingdom of God and let God decide what's going to happen and let him make the call and hear what he has to say and break the silence and listen to his voice in the wilderness and you see the strength that he gives you. So as we stand and sing this song now, if you want to prayer, then come up the front. Or maybe you don't want prayer, you just want to come up in front and make a statement before God. Uh, just say, no prayer, that's all good. We won't pray with you. That's okay. But just right now, as we sing this song, if you want to respond, just come up the front. As we say, we're going to make you king. Step into your kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Let's stand and sing this song.